Hello and welcome to the show, lovely lifestyle entrepreneur. Today I'm sharing a fantastic conversation that I had with Blake Miner from Flaneur Life while he was in Budapest in Hungary, no less. We're talking all about how you can make a life by design, sharing his journey and some of the things I've learned along the way. This is where you get a fly on the wall conversation to talk about how you can make a life by design, why it might be better for you to follow creativity, autonomy, and where your mental wellness would be better suit and aligned by creating more freedom in your lifestyle today. Why most people don't follow a freedom lifestyle, because let's face it, it can seem really daunting. And we're also going to tackle ways that you can generate money and income just in the same ways that Blake does now that allow him to travel and have that level of freedom. And of course, you know, it wouldn't be this podcast without some key steps about how you can get started on this journey today. So without further ado, let's have a chat. Blake. Well, this is going to be an exciting conversation, all about lifestyle freedom. So for our listeners' benefit, you are going to want to stick around because this is not just us talking about the ideal, you know, as just saying this is this is magical, this is what you can do, but not actually giving you any hints or tips. Um, this is us talking about how you can make a life by design a reality for you. So we're going to go into intros in a second, but before we do, you want to hang around because we're going to talk about what a freedom lifestyle really is. We're going to talk about why it's so appealing and why it's better for your wellness um, and and all that sort of good stuff. We're going to talk about why most of us don't start building a freedom lifestyle from day one. So what challenges and setbacks we have are most important. We're going to talk about how you can deal with those, overcome those. We're going to touch on money because without it, we know that we cannot live in this modern world. So we're not going to ignore the idea of money as a concept. We are going to tackle this today in our conversation. Um, And we're going to share some lessons to help you get started on your own journey like Blake and I are doing. So Blake, thank you for joining me with this conversation on both our channels, Um, mine on the Lifestyle Entrepreneur Show and yours on your channel. Perhaps it'd be really great to share a little bit about well, your bio. Who are you? Yeah, great. Thank you so much for having me, Sue. This is uh, going to be an exciting conversation. Um, yeah, a little bit about me. I my background is in psychology. I studied. I did my master's in psychology in Hong Kong. Actually, um, I've lived in a bunch of different countries around the world. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm always working on different projects online, and I'm also a, a full time traveler at the moment. My home base is in Panama. But you'll always find me somewhere different around the world when I'm not, um, you know, checking off those few months per year where I live in Panama full time. Um, I also do blogging. I write at my website, Flinner Life, uh, about personal freedom, exploration, location independence, all the cool things that we're going to talk about today. Um, So, yeah, that's the short version. Um, What about you? That's fantastic. Just to end that, though, where are you today? Where am I speaking to you? Oh, today. I'm in Budapest, Hungary uh, at the moment. I've been spending the past few months in this area of the world, kind of doing a bit of scouting. It's my first time here. So um, I've been in Hungary now for, in Budapest for about a week. And my first impression is is really good, but looking forward to going and exploring more uh, this weekend and the coming weeks. I love that. I love that. So my situation is slightly different. Um, I am first and foremost a mum of three. So my main focus there was about getting flexibility and work-life balance. And I escaped a corporate career. 
so that I could predominantly spend more time with my family. And for me, that that meant becoming an entrepreneur. It meant being able to dictate the hours I work. You know, I might do some time in the evening. I do as well online business work, the same as yourself. So I have a membership. I do digital courses. Um, but predominantly, a lot of my income has come from property investment. So a slightly different approach on creating a freedom lifestyle. So this is going to give, I think, a really broad spectrum of how can you create the freedoms that you personally desire? So from that, let's 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 go through your backstory. So how you got to getting into entrepreneurship and, and what you did before this, Blake. Yeah, sure. It wasn't always like this. I was not always a traveler. In fact, I was the complete opposite. Um, if you go back a number of years, I was studying to be a medical doctor. That was the dream that I had my whole life. Um, I think it started when like I was I had an interest in, in high school in kinesiology, anatomy and these topics. And I think I mentioned it to someone and they like, oh, that's really good. And I, I the more the more the word spread, the more people would reinforce that idea like, oh, Blake's a doctor. Blake's going to be a doctor. So I my whole life, I was that guy in my mind, like that was my identity. I went to university uh, to study health sciences, like pre-med. And I was going to apply to medical schools, but in a long story short, in the last year of med uh, of health sciences in my university degree, I was feeling, um, yeah, very, I don't know, very confused about what my future should be. All of my colleagues were applying to medical schools and, you know, where are you going to apply and asking all these questions. And I, my, I just felt like I needed a big change. I just felt like I wanted to do something completely different. I wanted the chance to go and reinvent myself at least for a year and figure things out. So my solution that I found uh, having no money as a university student was that if you go to Korea or Japan, there, there are schools there, universities that will pay for your flight to go and come back and uh, give you a job and pay you a pretty good salary to go and teach English over there. So that's what I did. It was the craziest thing I could have done at the time because I'd never left Canada. I maybe crossed the borders to the US one time, but I'd never traveled internationally. And yeah, I got what I wished for. It was like a journey into a whole other world. And it for me was that opportunity to reinvent myself. So when I was there, I met some other cool expats doing, you know, it's a certain type of person that leaves their home country and goes abroad um, to try something new. They were all into, into internet business. So I got, you know, I was waking up earlier. I was going to the gym. I was studying self-improvement. I got recommended a book called The 4-Hour Workweek, which I know uh, has been a big influence for a lot of people who are into this idea of lifestyle design. I read that book and it was my journey into business. Up until that point, I never had any interest. And from that point on, I was obsessed. I started experimenting and really trying to figure out how I could create this lifestyle for myself. Fantastic. You, There's a few things in your story that resonated with me. And I think people listening will have the same thing. You know, that, that idea that you were going to go into medicine, people hooked onto the fact that you were going to be a doctor or something, you were good at health sciences. So your your identity then becomes this career path. And yeah. I had exactly the same. For me, it was tech. You're good at IT, Sue. Well, there's great careers in IT, Sue. How do you ever turn that down? And and I must have struggled. Well, I struggled with that. I know I did for over 10 years because I had a career in IT for nearly 15 years. You know, that whole thing of this is my identity. This is what I should be doing. And everyone's telling me it's a good thing. You're on the right trajectory. Did you Did you feel that at the time? 
Yeah. Like you I, were saying I, you, I, you were ditching something that was solid. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And not only that, but everybody told like my parents, you know, were telling the neighbors, oh, Blake's the doctor. And it became like part of my identity almost felt like it almost became like a pressure. So not only that, but when, yeah, imagine, you know, the just the embarrassment of saying, hey, I'm not pursuing this path anymore. I'm not that guy it had become such a part of my identity. And of course, everyone knows that's a great, like tech is a great field to pursue. Uh, Yeah, just feeling a little bit, uh, yeah, uh, feeling a little bit scared to, you know, come out and say it, that I'm not going to follow that path anymore. We'll definitely talk more about your internet businesses and your dabbling, your very successful online business um, ventures as we go on. So uh, probably if I... If I do a bit on my backstory and then if we start to talk about what is a lifestyle by design, should we do that? Yeah, that's perfect. I'd love to hear your backstory as well, Sue. Great. So I'm I'm sure our listeners will resonate with one or either of us or elements of both our stories. So for me, it was, like I said, you know, into a tech career. Tech's a really solid career. You'll always have a job in tech, you know, because that was really the thing. Computers were becoming the big thing. And so I got into a corporate career and I went on a career ladder becoming a project manager, a data analyst, you know, web developer before that, becoming a head of data, which I felt like was my dream job. That's what it was all about, you know, getting this head of department position in a corporate career that meant you were really stable and, you know, you had the success, you had the title that went with it. But then I had a family and I realized that I was never seeing them. They were in childcare all the time. I would say goodbye to my kids at half seven in the morning. I wouldn't pick them up till 6 p.m. and then I'd be putting them straight to bed. And it just felt like I was just on a rat race. I was shackled by the fact that I now got a mortgage and, you know, car finance. So, you you know, you've got a house and you've got dependents and you've got all these financial commitments that this then becomes the shackles that, that keep you on the treadmill. And all of a sudden you've got to find bravery and find new ways to get off that treadmill and do something different. Yeah. I think that's, that's really important because, you know, I, 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 when you're traveling and you tell somebody, oh yeah, this is what I do. I'm living here. They always say, oh, I'm so jealous. I wish I could do what you do. But I think a lot of people don't actually um, stop and think about what that actually means to them or why they would want to pursue this type of lifestyle. So yeah, for me, it's, it's simply a matter of doing what I love. I think being able to choose where I go allows me to be in this constant state of discovery, of creativity, of novelty. And that for me, it fuels my creative passion. So I do a lot of writing, a lot of creating. And when I'm in new places, I constantly find new inspiration. So I personally find that very beneficial. Um, But for me also, which I know we're going to get into is the financial side of things. When you're able to make your own income, um, you feel a lot more in control and, you know, you, 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 you can pursue goals that may be external to you. So for example, for me, one of my goals is helping my family. I want to help my family financially. I want to help my parents retire. And that's a big motivator for me. So being able to take control of my finances and um, work in entrepreneurship allows me to do that. And another big passion of me, which I think inspired me to want to be a doctor back in the day is I love to help people. I love to share information and I love to help create freedom and happiness for other people. So by doing this and by documenting it along the way, a big part of my 
my passion is is helping others along find their their way as well. I'd be curious to hear, you know, where we overlap and what your views on this topic are. Mm, yeah, definitely. So for me, I always think of three freedoms: financial freedom, pretty obvious one; location freedom that you have nailed, and time freedom. You know that autonomy to be able to dictate when you work and where you work and like you say to have that control over your earnings is incredibly important and that, I believe we're under the, the false idea of security that when you're in a nine-to-five job you have all that control I have a guaranteed salary every month but I've seen so many redundancies that we had the great resignation through COVID but before that and after that and even this year we're seeing so many redundancies in the tech field that I don't think we can deny that there's no job for life these days. There's no such thing as security. And what you're saying is as an entrepreneur, you get to dial up and dial down what projects you're involved in and, and your income to provide financial security for others. I also think there's an element of work-life balance that comes into freedom and being more mindful and present. I find that when you're when you don't have a lifestyle with freedom, and you're chained to the job, I find that you become in, stuck in a routine, quite monotonous, and you can disengage from living a present life. It's so true. It's so true. So aside from what we've mentioned, you know, if, if there's anything else we've missed really that um, is why we think people should pursue this as an idea or think about the way they're living their lives, what what would you say, Blake? Um, if someone were to think about creating this this lifestyle... Um, yeah why why should they consider it okay well i like you i i like to define freedom firsthand too because it's this term we all throw around right but we don't really stop to think about what it actually means so i love your definition and i think about it in the exact same way right time freedom location freedom and financial freedom um i also recently spent time thinking about like what is my personal definition of freedom um and it, it, it obviously for me, it's I'd like to break it down in, in, in a little more detail because I think you know when when you do that, one of those one of one of those reasons will resonate with with um, anyone listening. So for them, it may be that they really aren't happy with their situation and they don't feel authentic in their jobs. So they want to pursue something more authentic to them, which I think is a big facet to to freedom as well. Another is. I, I like thinking about it. It's like financial freedom is not this dichotomy. Like you either have it or you don't. When you set out to to change your finances, as long as you're on that path and you're working toward creating it, that in itself is freeing. Now you've actually decided for yourself that you're going to take control of your finances and that gives yourself more autonomy, more control over your finances. I think as long as you're on that path, then you are creating freedom for yourself. That can be another reason to decide to pursue um, this lifestyle. Um, working for anywhere, for working from anywhere, which we covered uh, already in terms of location freedom. For a lot of people, that's a big motivator. Um, and just in terms of chasing your interests. So in your job, you're told what to do. It's dictated for you. But when you set out to create your own venture. You can decide every day and that can be the hard part, but it's also very rewarding is deciding what are the things that I need to do? What are the things I want to do? And sometimes you're forced doing things you don't like doing in the beginning to create your own business. That's the reality of it, but you're sacrificing that 
um, knowing that you're going to have even more freedom in the future. And that in itself is rewarding. Um, and then I think for you, for you, you mentioned before that mindfulness, that calm mind, I resonate with that a hundred percent. When I'm fully in control of what I'm working on, I notice the same benefit. So a lot of stress, I think, is from being told what to do and not having that autonomy, which is the ability to decide for yourself um, what your what your day looks like. I think that's a, a stressor for a lot of people. So this this lifestyle can immediately unlock that. And yeah, for me, it's also part of facing your fears. I think when you're when you're in a job or your routine, like you mentioned before, is the same day in and day out. You're not really venturing into the unknown. You're not taking those risks and facing those things that make you, you know, make you scared. And part of entrepreneurship is taking those risks and, you know, venturing into the unknown. Traveling is the same thing. And when you're when you're facing your fears, I think you're creating, uh, you're 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 venturing into new heads, new headspace your mindset is a lot different and you're, you feel like you're evolving as a person. So if any of those reasons uh, aren't reason enough, I think that's, that's really why you might pursue this, this lifestyle. I'm sure there are others. Um, but for me, those are the ones that I really um, think of when I think of freedom and this lifestyle is all about creating freedom for me. Mm, mm, absolutely. I mean, that last point you said about, you know, not venturing out beyond your fears, stepping out beyond your comfort zone. That's where the growth happens. And if you think about the years that you spend in a monotonous job, not experiencing enough, you know, discomfort, you're not growing as a person. And, you know, you really have to put yourself in those situations often. And, and certainly as an entrepreneur, you do it all the time. Earlier on, you said something about um, being able to pursue your creativity and being your authentic self. And just to dig a little deeper into that, one of the feelings I often had in corporate, and I know people who do this, is you get pigeonholed. You are known for this one thing. That's what you do. But I know so many people in corporate who want to try another job, but they can't start from the beginning as a junior. And I felt that when you become an entrepreneur, all of a sudden you get you get to use all your potential. You get to explore these other areas. You get to figure out whether you're good at marketing, whether you like a bit of copywriting, whether you like social media, whether you like blogging, writing, whether you like editing video videos, podcasts, anything, you get to explore all of those things and, and almost unleash all the potential of everything that you're good at and outsource the rest. But as an entrepreneur, you start doing it all, you, you wear all the hats. And I think that's probably one big reason, you know, to step out and do something new is because it will give you that opportunity to try new things, to do, do new things, as opposed to being pigeonholed. It, yeah. Shall we? Cool. Yes. Yeah, I, I just, yeah, I, I totally agree. And one thing when you're working as an entrepreneur too, one of the hardest things to do is to hand those things, those things off and admit that you're not good at them. But I think I just wanted to reiterate what you were saying. I think it's really important to learn everything so that you can better, um, you can better outsource it to someone else. You know what you're talking about because you've learned the skill yourself. Mm, mm, as hard as that is as hard as that is as hard as that all right is, so yeah. if it's <laughs> if it's so good um let's discuss why most people are not doing this and we've already touched on a few things but let's delve deeper into that because 
I want to help our listener navigate some of those big challenges. So if they're saying, I want to do this, but it's completely pathless. Like, where do I start? And then how do I know if I'm making a mistake? If I'm failing, I can't fail. We have all of these thoughts go through our minds. So if we were to address these challenges, what are the big challenges that people are facing? And how do you start by overcoming some of these? For me, I think, I like to think about, Another common challenge that people have, which is losing weight, for example, or not, that's that's maybe one of the most universal. I think it comes down to beliefs. Honestly, it's like, do you see yourself as the person who's capable of doing this? And for me, I've gone through, you know, I've done some pretty hardcore diets and I've experimented with different things. And I think for a lot of people, like the ability to have, you know, for example, low body fat or a six pack or whatever, whatever it is, like, it's the same thing. It's just uh, changing your belief to say, Hey, like I'm the type of person who can do this and hunger is not actually a bad thing. The second I feel hunger, I don't need to fulfill that need or whatever it is. Uh, I think for a lot of people, that's hard to accept and they just see it as something for other people. And I think for me, for a lot of people, like I mentioned before, when I'm traveling and you say, oh, I'm, I don't like to use a terminology, any type of terminology for what I am. Like, I don't say I'm a digital nomad or something. I just say, oh, I'm, you know, I'm const- I'm moving around or I'm living here. And they say, oh, wow, you're, that's amazing. I would love to do that. And I say, oh, well, why, why can't you? And they say, oh, well, you see that moment where they go into their head and they think about it. And I, I see in, in that moment, the same type of beliefs it's just like, this isn't for me, or I'm not the type of person who's adventurous enough to do it, or they have all these limiting beliefs that are are kind of stopping them. I think people are telling themselves, um, you know, their financial situation won't allow for it, or their relationships or family are a big one. Um, they have too many possessions that they can't give up. Um, or maybe just they don't have the motivation to do it, or they feel like they don't know how. So I think all of those things can be overcome. Like the lack, the know-how is we're talking about that right now. Um, there are definitely ways that someone could get started along that path. I think the family one, my relationship with my family is better than ever. Like we video chat all the time. I visit home every year. Um, and yeah, I don't think that's a that's a big one. Um, possessions, I love personally living uh, like a minimalist lifestyle. I found that the fewer things I have, the happier I am, the less attached I am to material good material goods, and the more I'm focused on myself. And then the finances one, that is a legitimate barrier, I feel like, for people, maybe having debt or um certain financial obligations. But I think that with six six months to a year of hard work, it's nothing that uh can't be overcome. It's just putting together a, a little plan. And um, yeah, figuring out and doesn't cost much to start a side hustle, right? Chris Gillibo wrote a book, The $100 Startup. Uh, I haven't read it, but the title is, I I totally agree with that. There's a lot of startups you could start for $100 um, if you put enough time into them that they could turn out a really good income for you. So yeah, I, I think... There are excuses, but it's just deciding that you're going to do it. And I think for a lot of people, it's just seeing that there are other people that they trust that they know are living this lifestyle that gives them the confidence to go and try it for themselves, honestly. But I'd be curious to hear on your end, Sue, what what do you think? Like, in your opinion, what um, what's stopping people or why are they why are more people not pursuing this type of lifestyle? Yeah, you 
you touched on the biggest. The biggest is undoubtedly belief because we use all the, oh, well, how do you do this and how to do that? Well, if other people can figure it out, then I'm damn sure anybody listening can figure it out. So it is about that belief. And, you know, I always think about where does that come from? It comes from the fact that you're you're pursuing a path all the way through school. There's a traditional career. You've probably surrounded by role models in traditional careers with traditional trajectories. Get that word right. Um, And the societal norm is that you will grow up, you will buy a house. And even, you know, the messaging from your parents, from your aunties, uncles, grandparents would always be they're doing well, they've got a good job, they're doing well, they're doing college, they're doing well, they're buying a house. So the messaging that you receive, therefore, is if I'm not doing these things, I'm not doing well, because you've got to be a digital nomad, you've got to travel, you've got to experience these other things. Well, the reality is, it's, it's just that we're not using that language to describe it as a good thing we just on this traditional path um one of the things i read about was anchors i found this really you know quite compelling so anchors could be in terms of your belief so i always think you know an anchor um, like a break so i want to do something and i think i'm doing all the right things but i'm not getting anywhere and it's because i've got the foot on the brake at the same time as the foot on the accelerator i'm not going anywhere because i'm holding myself back i'm not going all in you talked about that book. We will definitely put the link in the show notes, the $100 startup. I haven't read it either, but that sounds like a great starting point of how can I make something work if I put enough effort into it? I know a lot of people who've put a lot of effort into online business, but have not succeeded. And it's because they have the foot on their brake. There's a part of them that doesn't believe it will ever work. So they, they're they not really going all in, but they're mm-hmm. doing the right things and making the right noises. So there's that sort of anchor, your personal belief internal, but you can be surrounded by people who are anchoring you down as well. People who are telling you, well, that's not really going to work. Mm-hmm. And they are fear-based beliefs that they're projecting onto you or the, the messaging that we talked about at the start of, you have a good career, you're on this trajectory, you're going to be a doctor or something, you're going to be a lawyer, you're going to be an IT. All those things that tell you that the messaging is what you what what we want you to do and what is the traditional path is what you should therefore be doing to be doing well and living your life correctly. So we internalize that everything else is wrong. So you you probably have people anchoring you down. I mean, you talked about family, friends, relationships. Maybe you've got children, children from this marriage, another partnership. Maybe you've got children stuck in schools and you don't feel you can take those out. You know, I can think of listeners who would have all of these things going on that would hold them back from pursuing a location freedom lifestyle. Does it? St- my argument would be, does it stop you from expressing or building any sort of freedom business or lifestyle? such as, you know, the financial and time freedom. And the argument is no. So then it's a belief thing. Then it's come to, right, what's your finances? And what are your beliefs about how you can resolve those and what you are capable of doing? That is the tough the tough thing. And I keep seeing on repeat on social media, I'm sure people have spotted it, the choose your hard message. You know, we think it's easy to have a normal job, get up every day, go to work and tie these shackles around us with debt, with mortgages and things. But what we don't realize is that actually sometimes that's hard. There are days you don't want to get up. You don't want to do the nine to five. You don't want to do the Monday morning. There are days that you don't want to sit in the traffic jam. There are days when your holiday gets rejected that you wanted to have and take with the kids. There are days where you don't receive your bonus. You don't get your pay rise. There are days you're made redundant and have to find another job. There are all those sorts of things. And yet we feel that that is not a hard life to live. And maybe in that in that life as well we're suffering regret because we wanted to do all these other things and we haven't given ourselves the freedom and autonomy to go and do them 
And then the other hard is, yeah, I have to hustle. Yeah, I have to find something and make it work. I have to go all in. I have to believe in myself. I've got to take risks. I've got to step out of my comfort zone, show up online maybe. But when you're doing those things, yeah, that's hard, but that was hard. You know, there are many days when I sit down to record some content and I feel like, I don't feel like it today. I wish I could just do nothing. But then I remind myself, hey, you could actually be sat in the office right now in an open plan office and you could be stuck at your desk until at least clocking off time. And you could have a boss coming to you and telling you what projects you're going to do and how you're going to deliver it when really you're saying, shouldn't do that project. This is not a good idea. Well, now you're in the driving seat. So actually, it's not that bad. No, it's so true. And it's, I remind myself the same thing. When I don't want to do something, it's like, look at the alternatives and remember where you came from or some of the situations that you hated so much. Uh, those are uh, incredible motivators. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it can be hard. I mean, honestly, but like you said, you're choosing your heart and you're choosing this path over others because you know, the rewards are so much greater. And I guess we'll come to this, but I, I feel there's an element of, we think, thinking about sacrifice, as you said earlier on, people with possessions, they don't want to leave their possessions, their nice house, nice car. And I had this debate in my mind when, you know, giving up a good corporate job meant we were going to have a, you know, a less fancy house and things. I believe that that's a bit of um, a red herring, the whole sacrifice. You know, I've spoken to people who live off grid. I've spoken to people who live in straw bale homes, who work remotely as digital nomads. I've spoken to people who are yoga teachers. And they don't believe now that they sacrificed anything because what they have gained, you know, when you look at your values, the things that make you joyful and happy, it's very rarely a possession on your drive, a car on your drive. It's very rarely a set of jewelry or fancy clothes with labels on, you know, so that's mm -hmm. that element of sacrifice. I want people to really question themselves. If one of your reasons is, is I think I don't want to live without all these beautiful luxurious items and things. I want you to question your values. What do you value? And if it is those things, great, that's for you. Yeah. But if it isn't, ask yourself, what makes me happy? What makes me joyful? In fact, brainstorm it after this session, because that is an eye opener when you realize the simplicity of the things that bring you joy. I, I, I'm recalling as you're saying that the time when I first was able to quit my job and go all in on my business. And I've been working my butt off for two years straight. Like I was stressing myself to the point where I really wanted this to happen. I didn't do anything outside of work. Literally, like I was commuting to work on the subway while working on my side hustle that I was trying to make my full-time thing. I would hotspot my phone. I was working into the night. I was working in the classroom whenever I could get a spare moment. Like my life was work. And when I finally allowed myself to go take this vacation that my business partner said, hey, I think we we should go like on this trip uh, to Thailand. And I finally said, yes, I, uh, my mind has told me I had to work all the time. And it was seven days into this vacation. I can still remember this feeling. It was probably seven years ago or so now, maybe a little bit more. And it was seven days into this vacation. We spent the night on the beach with a group of friends. And I went back to my cabin and I had this profound feeling, like this profound release. I'm not sure what to call it. And I spent the next three hours journaling and writing. And I just had so much to say. It was like this um, explosion of energy. And I realized in that moment, I wrote down in my journal at that moment, I don't need anything more than this to be happy. Like I need a, a desk 
a table, a bed, a mirror, and like a simple room. And I'm happy as can be like this freedom is what makes me happy. And I realized in that moment, like what I did value. And I think that was the beginning of a new life for me uh, where I realized what I truly valued. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Right. We've, we've, we've skirted around the topic of money for long enough. So in a modern world, we know that we have money as a necessity. So as much as I'd love to say you can do anything and you don't need the money to we, to travel, to have choice, to give you that flexible, that freedom, that work-life balance that I crave, you know, let's talk about how people can still pursue this freedom lifestyle, but that generates the money that allows them to both live it, but also enjoy some of that freedom because you didn't go to Thailand on, on nothing. You know, you will have had to buy a ticket. They're not cheap flight tickets yes it's cheap when you get there but to actually enjoy it we do need to create financial freedom we do need to so let's have a chat here about mechanisms for that how you balance the present day living with not being reckless for the future so talk about it from your perspective Blake what are your best pieces of advice here in this area I like because this is a question that people ask the most often is what do you recommend and I think everyone has different skill sets, right? So it's going to vary person to person. But in my general view, there are three pathways to getting to that point as quickly as possible, because I agree with you, there's a definite need for finance, uh, for financial freedom, as much as we're talking about, you know, values and all of these things that are, are more intrinsic. Without money, you can't live lifestyle, you have needs, and we need to cover those. So I think, the easiest path for a lot of people, and as much as we've been um, we've been um, talking negatively about jobs, is honestly a remote job. And why why I recommend that over a traditional nine to five job? Well, right off the bat, you're saving your commute time, you're saving you know all the clothes you have to buy to go to your job, all those added costs that go in, all the redundant meetings, all of those sort of things. You have a lot more freedom to work where you want. And you have more freedom to work on your side hustle during the day. So I think a remote job for a lot of people makes sense as a gateway into this world where now they bought themselves a little bit more freedom um, in many different ways. And then on the side, they can pursue their their, um, side hustle or their business because sometimes that can take a little bit longer than we'd like. In In my case, I really wanted to happen in a year, but for me to achieve that full-on location freedom took two years and because i had that expectation the whole time that it was going to take a year that second year was very very painful so i like to to recommend to people don't have a set expectation like this is going to happen right away for some people it does but it's like you know a movie when your expectations are super high it's never going to live up to that and the same thing goes for creating your own business so I think remote job is is great for most people. And I always like to recommend dynamitejobs.com as the best jobs website, just because it has the most variety, the most quality jobs. And I think if you were to spend a few weeks just, you know, getting your resume up to date, prepared, you know, writing a strong cover letter, applying to those jobs, doing a bit of networking, I think most people could find something that's on par with what they're doing right now. Uh, but remote, and that's instant freedom. Not pure freedom, but hey, it's the next level of freedom. Um, But if we're talking about pathways to pursue on your own project, whether you have a remote job and now you're pursuing something on the side or you just want to start an entrepreneurial venture, my experience 
has been, there are two pathways to get there. One, I think that most people could do, this is assuming, you know, you have a standard skill set, you're a native English speaker, even if you're not, um, it's just creating content online, putting out videos, putting out posts. If you're not, if you don't like being on video, you can use AI. There's other ways to do it where you don't need to show your face, creating a blog, putting content out onto the internet. And one of the easiest ways to start monetizing that is just recommending products. So I think come up with the three or four topics that you're really passionate about. I think we have a lot of overlap here, Sue, but for me, it's, uh, you know, travel and exploration, psychology, um, location freedom and online business. And then how can you tie that all together in an overarching theme? So for everyone, that's going to look slightly different. And that's what makes you unique when you're putting out content. It's your own perspective, your own um, niche. And by recommending other products that have affiliate programs, I think you have a, a quicker path um, to actually making money online. And by going through that process, you learn more about what clients, uh, what your viewers, et cetera, your readers are looking for. You have little conversations, you learn more about them. And that sparks new ideas for problems that you can solve, which is really what entrepreneurship is ultimately. It's solving problems for other people and then you receive money in exchange for solving those problems. So the more you learn, the more you solve problems, the more ideas you have for a business to start yourself. And that's how my business came about. It was just about putting out content on the internet. And then I realized um, you know, what problem that I might be able to solve. And that ended up turning into the business that earned me my freedom. And I think uh, the other pathway that is a little bit more boring, it's a little bit closer to a job, but it's your own entrepreneurial venture is starting a service business of some kind. I think um, as an example that my brother does carpentry work, he does really high quality, uh, you know, carpentry work, he builds decks, stairs, installs hardwood flooring. And for him, he doesn't know marketing, but he's really good at his craft. So for example, I could team up with my brother and I could say, hey, I'm going to help you find clients through all the things that I've spent my time learning, which is SEO, which is ads, which is all these different types of marketing. I'm going to help your business to grow. And you can just pay me a commission for those clients, or you can pay me a monthly salary or $2,000 a month or $1,000 a month. I will find you five or 10 clients, whatever that is. And you find a few clients like that. I think that's a really quick way to make a cash flow that allows you to go travel the world. I think if you're making $5,000 or so a month, you can travel to a lot of different countries around the world. Probably I would say, you know, 60%, 70% of countries around the world. So yeah, I, I that's, those are the three pathways that I would recommend uh, because I think they cover most situations, but I'm always curious to hear because that's my personal experience um, when I relay those ideas. I'm also curious, you know, Sue, with a much different background and skill set, what your experience has been like there. Yeah, th those three are really helpful pathways, I think, for people to start to think about where do I start? Where do I dip in? Especially if they don't know what you want to do, because it might be that you've done a career, you've had it for a while. 
but you want to do something different. I hear this so often. I just want to do something different. You know, not very often do I hear people say, you know, I was a project manager in my corporate job and I want to carry on being a project manager for another 30 years or whatever. Um, Often you take that passion in a specific topic like you have and I have that you just, you know, want to roll with and you want to get deeper and deeper into. And I find that, you know, your second point about create content and you can start to leverage creating content. And let's face it, this is a slow burn. Am I right in saying, you know, got to create content for a while consistently building up an audience. So, you know, it's not for the faint hearted. I know um, having been on this track for for a little bit now. But the the way you can leverage content is so much more. So you talked about affiliates. And if people want to learn more about that, we can do a show on that. But, you know, that's recommending other people's products and, and maybe you have some partnership deals as well, joint venture deals where you get a proportion of their commission for it. But that content I've seen people leverage into very lucrative membership sites. Um, I know because that's where most of my people end up is in membership. I've seen people create digital courses that they've sold to an email list of subscribers that consume that content. Um, If you look at Mel Robbins, she sells digital courses. She also uses it as a platform to launch her speaking career. So going and speaking on stages, if that's something that's on your to do. And I know lots of people who use it for coaching, one-to-one coaching. So many of my fellow podcasters, use their podcast to talk about how you know a particular problem that people might have like anxiety or something they will have a podcast that talks about it and then they will you turn those people into coaching clients so content is a really broad way of selling all sorts of products services or you know and they can be online they can be digital they can be remote they can be one-to-many like the membership, you know, bit of content every month that serves many, many, many people. There are so many great examples of that. So that's just really to expand on your second one. Um, I love the, the idea of the service business. I've seen lots of these go really well. Facebook ads, people who do social media marketing. There are so many things that you can do online these days. I guess the only thing I wanted to add to this section is um, there's this there's this diagram I I, I research recently and I'll, I'll put the link in the in the show notes but really to draw it out it's basically a graph and the line goes up in, in an upward trajectory and along the line it's got along the bottom it's got like amount of um return on investment and upside it's got hassle and you know as the hassle goes up you get a greater return on investment so you can you know there's people who invest in stocks and shares there's people who invest in gold there's people who do um bitcoin or, or anything like that there's people who do affiliate marketing um there's people that sell drop shipping um, is another thing that you can do. But as you go along there, things like property and investing in your own business where you create your own products, your own assets, those ones are the highest hassle, but also the highest return. So to give somebody an idea of, you know, that remote job is right down on the bottom of the scale. So it's low hassle, but it's not going to give you the same returns as these other things. And that's what you've got to think about is I would say, what are your goals? What, what do you want? And and are you prepared to put the work in? And and it might be that certain seasons of your life, you need to do something that's lower hassle because you've got commitments going on. You've got kids, you've got work, you've got job. You're just trying to tick off, you know, the next five years. Think of a Beyonce quote where, you know, you reach one goal and then you just set a bigger goal the next time. It doesn't mean you're never going to get to that big goal. It's just, you know, box it off with milestones. So I think, I think, that's a really great answer. Um, one thing that we didn't actually talk on, Blake, and I think our listeners would really benefit from this is your business. What did you do? How did you escape the nine to five, the, well, the job? Yeah, the commute. Yeah, I, w- I did what you're talking about 
just just previously, which is absolutely my favorite business model for all the reasons we covered. It's like full creative control. You can steer it in so many different directions. So that business that I referred to that was the one that ended up working first for me was the result of a bunch of different experiments. But for me, it was solving my own problem. I was living abroad and I was trying to learn a local language. I learned a way to do it. I took what I was learning in psychology and I created all these mnemonic devices that had worked for me to learn the language. And I ended up putting together uh, a free download online. That was simple as that. And I think that's a great starting point for a lot of people is just to create something that could help somebody else get to the next level in whatever area you're talking about. So I went ahead and did that and I published online and I did, you know, my marketing stuff. I started posting it in groups. I didn't have much money. So I was just, you know, spreading the word organically and it started to take off and take off. And I think the other thing you mentioned about a newsletter, I think that's really important to plan for from day one is just having a place where people can sign up if they would like more. A link in your bio, on your website, a pop-up, somewhere for someone to input their email address and get on a newsletter where you can build a relationship with them and contact them uh, as 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 much as as much as you'd like or as much as you feel comfortable sending out communications to them. So that's what I did. I sent them to an email list and then I launched a course. And that course got such good feedback from the first few students that I realized I was onto something. And I just kept building it out. I took on a business partner, um, we hired people, we kept growing the business and we turned it from something that was, you know, PDFs and very rudimentary uh, solutions at the, in the beginning to something that was a lot more technical. Um, and it took us a few years, but that's what we did. And it was a subscription-based business. You can think of it like a, like a membership site or a course. It's very similar to that type of business model where your main goal is just to get more subscribers every month. And then your recurring revenue goes up. It's a very predictable income. And that's what we did. And after a few years, I ended up selling that business to my business partner who now, now runs it. And I moved on to other things, but that was it. It was a subscription-based business in the language learning space and still is my favorite business model by far is, you know, putting out content and then creating courses, memberships and subscriptions around your problem, because there's always more to teach um, your reader, your viewer. They always want more information. And I think as you realize as well, they want accountability around that as well. And that's where you can add a lot of value. Yeah. No, yeah, 100%. Um, I mean, I love the subscription-based model, that recurring revenue. I think if you can keep the cost down low as well, people stay with you long-term. You've just, yes. the, the key thing with anything like that is you've got to think, are they making progress? And to me, to keep paying a membership, you know, you have to think of the memberships you have on your own credit card or whatever. Um, you've, you've got to be making progress or utilizing it. And to me, to utilize something like a learning platform, you have to show people they're making progress. And that's the commitment that you make for them. But I love that model. That, that's one of my favorites, obviously. Um, let's say somebody wants to get started. So they're at step one. What would you say to them for step one? I think for step one is just if you're if you're choosing it's choosing your route first of all so which route are you going to pursue we talked about a lot of different ideas um, but you mentioned a bunch of other cases where every business model you mentioned i think i could confidently say i know somebody 
who's absolutely killing it in that space as well, because that's the one they've chosen and that that's the one they've repeatedly put in those small actions over time. So I think, first of all, it's making up your mind because a lot of people, you talked about that too. It's like lukewarm on an idea, not going fully all in or potentially trying four different things at once because our mind wants to do that. We want a little bit of reassurance, which one is going to work. So I think it's first selecting one and then learning as much as you can about that and applying it as you're learning. I think one mistake, myself included, I fell into that trap in the beginning of just studying courses and studying courses and not actually applying it. The key is, and the hardest thing, it's easier said than done, is to apply as you're learning. So you go through one module or one chapter and then you go apply that. And then you go through the next one and you apply that and you get feedback as you go and more connections start happening as you do that. So I think that's the first step is, is com- becoming really clear on that. And then it's choosing which topics you're going to talk about. A lot of people like to talk about which niche are you going to go into? I don't think you need to define that. I think I like um, a few creators online talk about the idea that you are the niche. If you're going, especially into a creation type business, I think that definitely stands true. I think it's just about choosing those few topics that you're really passionate about. Even if they seem unrelated, that's what makes you uniquely you. So coming up with that theme and then the idea, and then just about buying your domain name. And you can go any any domain registrar, buying a domain name and then setting up a website. And if you're not technical at all, you can figure that out with a YouTube video in 30 minutes. And even if you don't want to go the website route yet, you're not fully committed. It's not, it's a lot easier to create a TikTok account or to create a a Twitter, an X or Twitter account or a YouTube and start publishing there. You'll find just by publishing it, just by showing up every day, you'll slowly get feedback and you'll be motivated to continue. Things start to snowball. All the compound effects start coming into play. Just stick with it for six months and you're guaranteed to get that feedback that gets you to the next level, in my opinion. Mm, mm, yeah, great advice. So just to reiterate that one topic or that that one area that you are going to focus on, that you are going to build, that to me is critical because I know so many people who do a bit of this and a bit of that and a bit of the other. And it's that 20 steps in 20 different directions doesn't get you half as far as 20 steps in one. Alex Formosi shared something on one of his keynotes that I think resonated really well. And that is, you know, if you can see anybody else doing it, it'll work. It You can be successful in it, mm-hmm. but you just have to go all in on that one thing instead of thinking, oh, maybe I should have gone with that idea instead. Because it's we so, can, yeah. you know, if you can see absolutely anybody. And in this world, I mean, the niches I've seen, you know, there are people crushing it, making quilts and you know, crochet and things like that, that I I wouldn't know the first thing about where to start, but they are building businesses on all these niches because, you know, the world is a diverse place. There are so many people into different things these days that is accessible using the web. So yeah, I I would say Alex Hormos' advice, you know, yes, it will work, but you have to go all in on that one thing and stop trying to compete with other people who are doing the one thing really well by doing five things because you're going to get nowhere. No, it's so true. And you can see like another YouTube video will pop up and you'll see a story of somebody else who's doing really well in this one area. And you're like, oh, well, I should go do that. But you know nothing about that in reality. That shiny object syndrome is real. 
and you need to stick to your your unique where do you have a unique advantage really because if you don't know anything about quilting or you know etsy shops then it's going to be really hard for you to compete against the people who have spent the past 10 years learning that craft i think it's figuring out where your unique advantage is and then doubling down on that that one thing absolutely yeah advantage and and passion i talk about having you know strengths and skills in an area passion in an area and there being market demand and where those three circles of that venn diagram overlap that that's your sweet spot that's your sweet spot um key lessons from your pursuit of a lifestyle with freedom what would you what's been your biggest lessons blake that you can just cut somebody short on making a load of mess and spending a year getting nowhere what do they need to get a handle of yeah my mindset wise i know we've been talking a lot about you know, the actual practical side of things. But mindset wise, I take a lot of inspiration um, from the idea of the Flaneur. As you know, my blog is called Flaneur Life. So Flaneur is this yeah, this French term, which is um, which means basically someone who's an undirected wanderer. They're purposely undirected. So somebody walks the city just to experience it without an itinerary, without a set plan. Their goal is their, their goal is to not have a goal. They're actually going out just for the sense of exploration. And I found a lot of benefit from applying that type of mindset in my own business, in my own exploration. Um, maybe above all else, and just in terms of redefining what success and happiness is. I know we talked a lot about this, but less, less thinking about success as wealth or status, but more of the richness, richness of your experience, the freedom to explore. So just being driven by that intrinsic, intrinsic value of freedom for me has led me a lot further. Just reminding myself why I'm doing this, because inevitably things do get hard when you're building a business, you start to question, am I doing the right thing? And that's for me, what always compels me uh, to the next, the next level. And I think Along the same lines, the curiosity aspect of what I've learned from that line of thinking, just being able to chase your curiosity, face your fears, um, do what makes you scared, honestly, and seeing those as opportunities for growth, uh, for learning. So it's just having that mindset where the unknown is not a bad thing. It's something that is a necessary part of your life, of leveling up to the next level. Those are two uh, areas where I've, I've found a lot of business. But honestly, in terms of practical uh, practical advice, just get started. Just get started. Stop analyzing this. And I can only say this because I'm talking to my past self. Stop analyzing things too much. Stop getting drowned in courses. Just start. Just publish something tomorrow. It, it becomes a mental monster when you put it off for too long. So buy that website and set it up tomorrow or decide what your first step is and do it. And you'll realize it all. It only took me 30 minutes when I've been thinking about that for three months and uh, trying to make decisions. And I think making that first tangible real step sets you off on the right path and you'll get more information and feedback as you go. And then you just keep iterating. Mental monster. I <laughs> love that. I'm going to coin that phrase. It becomes a man. It does. It does. You're overanalyzing. You've, you, I, I always think about you have an idea and then before you've put it into action, even got some feedback, done anything, you have basically rerun the life cycle of that idea through your mind and decided it's a disaster before you've even got started. I did that with so many things. It, it's like the, it's probably one of the biggest sort of wastes of talent for an entrepreneur. 
my I'm gonna I'm gonna share something that I think is quite important and and that mm. is related to your embracing uncertainty. I believe because of our traditional training and conditioning, we always feel that we need to know the answers in school when you put the class up hand up in the class you need to know the answers you're taught almost through you know all of your education that you should know the answers so we hide by the fact that we hide behind the fact that we don't like saying i don't know well when you're an entrepreneur and when you're starting on this journey you are not going to know and that's okay and to admit that but there's a zen buddhism thing called shoshin and or i probably said that wrong shoshin um but it's about approaching everything with a beginner's mind you're here to learn mm. just learn 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 and then put it into practice like you say because without putting it into practice you're not getting the feedback so you don't actually know if what you understood is the right way to do something or so i think approaching it with a beginner's mind is really important and you know almost childlike again there's another a couple of things i just wanted to drop in here before we finished the uncontrollables there's there's all these things in the um con- that we can control in the world there's things that are uncontrollable and control and there's there's a thing a point where they overlap and we can do something about them and basically we just spend too much time worrying about the things we can't control instead of focusing on what we can and and really that's where our energy should be focused and then in relation to that is personal responsibility if you are stuck in a victim mindset of saying, well, I can never do this because I don't have this supportive person. I don't have this much money in the bank. I don't have parents with this and that and the other. Then you're stuck in victim mindset. Mm -hmm. Not everybody is in a privileged position, but people are taking personal responsibility for building things. And here, what's been described are things that absolutely anybody listening can put into practice if you take responsibility for taking those actions yourself. I think that one is so, so important. Yeah. And that touches back on the barriers we talked about before. It's that belief that you can actually do it. And you just nailed it with the personal responsibility. The second you accept responsibility for your situation, for what you're doing in your life, that's when you take back control and you're suddenly on the path to creating that freedom. Really, really good point. Well, I hope that spurs somebody into action. Um, Is there anything else you'd like to leave our listeners with, Blake? We're going to put your link to your website in the show notes. Is there anything, any final words of wisdom? I would just say um, a quote from Seth Godin that I really like. I think it's in in one of his books. Um, He tells a story where he's basically in Hawaii. He's an entrepreneur. He's working on his laptop. He wakes up in the middle of the night uh, to go answer his emails. And he sees a drunk couple kind of passing by and overhears, I think, one of them say, oh, isn't that so sad? He's come here on his two weeks vacation and he has to sit on his laptop the whole time. And anyway, it, it he goes into, you know, why that's that's so reversed and why why society thinks like that. Like we're living for the weekend. We're living for that two weeks off. But the quote I really like from him in that moment, he says, instead of wondering when your next vacation is, maybe you should set up a life you don't need to escape from. And for me, that one really hit hard when I when I read that when I was building my business. So I just wanted to, to share that one really quickly. It, it's not the idea of waiting for a vacation uh, is is flipped on, on, on its head, flip it on its head and uh, take control. Like how can you make it so that your life is that vacation your life is the life you would actually want to be living when you're on that vacation anyway yeah yeah i i love that quote 
Love that. Thank you so much, Blake. It's been a pleasure talking with you this afternoon and I can't wait to do a follow-up episode and encourage more people to explore a pathless path to lifestyle freedom. Yeah, thank you so much, Sue. It's been a blast. Congratulations for showing up and being one of the 8% that actually turn their dreams into reality. I appreciate you for listening and I am committed to helping you improve the quality of your life. For more resources, make sure you check out the show notes underneath. Don't forget to hit subscribe and leave me a five-star review. And remember, you are incredible. And if you dream it, you can achieve it. Yeah.